this morning, we're going to be talking about having a kingdom mindset. So I'll tell you immediately where we're going to go with this. Um, it centers on, there's five things that my message this morning will center on. It will center on our identity in Christ, that we do have a heritage, that God has given each and every one of us a purpose, that we're going to uncover some potential in us, all the potential. We really want to just tap into all the potential that we have in God. And then we want to focus where we're headed in the direction that God's called us to go. Um, from the very beginning, God's design, purpose, and his motivation for us here on this earth was and still remains to this very moment, February 13th of the year 2022 at 9.37 a.m. It was and it still is for you and I to dominate this earth, for us to exercise dominion and for us to reign in this life as his personal representatives in this world, right? God took what was heavenly and he brought it to earth. He made what was invisible and made it visible by the mere fact that we're sitting here looking at each other this morning, all right? Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, in the J.B. Phillips, the New Testament, now faith means putting our full confidence in the things that we hope for. It means being certain of things that we cannot yet see. It was this kind of faith that won their reputations for the saints of old. Okay, and, and this is a part that I want us to focus in on this morning. And it is after all only by faith, right, that our minds can accept as fact that the whole scheme of time and space was created by God's commands, that the world which we can see has come into being through principles of the invisible. We are a spirit and we're just having a human experience. Okay, we're supernatural having a natural experience. This very invisible form of creation is at the center and the core of who you and I are. God took his very image and from it, he created you and I. We are spirit without this shell called our body. You couldn't see me. You couldn't touch me. I couldn't see you or touch you. Okay. Because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Can we see him? Can we see him? Some of us may have had visions of the face of Jesus. I have, you know, they scared me to death. But there was a peace, and I knew that, hey, something's coming that I had to keep my eyes on him. All right, so some of us may see things like that, but I can't see God the Father. I've never seen him. I felt like I've seen the robe floating in here as we worshiped, and I thought if I could just keep hanging on there, God, right? But we can't see his visible form except if we look. That's why honor is a, you know, I don't mean to go here. No, I'm going here. Honor is so important that when you look at each other, you must honor the God DNA in each other. We must, okay? That's, that's why our world is lacking in values because we have, we have dishonored each other. We have dishonored each other, okay? Um, Genesis 1, verses 26, I'm reading from the Amplified. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not a physical likeness, but a spiritual, personally, and a moral likeness, and let them have complete that's the part, focus in on that part. Let man have complete authority, okay, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on earth. You, beloved, have authority over creeps. Come on. So God created man in his own image. He didn't make us to have dominion over each other, but he's made us to have dominion over the earth and everything else that he's made besides human. Okay, it is not, remember, honor 
I'm not talking about honor. The Holy Spirit's pulling me. Honor is, is loving others who are different from you, okay? God's in you, and, and we must love and appreciate each other. Um, God created man in his own image, and the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, God created them. And God, verse 28, God blessed man. Say, God blessed me. He blessed me, granting us certain authority and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power and rule over, dominate it. Dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon this earth. We have authority, and God has blessed us to carry this out. Um, Strong's, the word for dominion there, it's radah in the Hebrew, and it simply means to rule and to reign. And I want us to, to focus in on all of these five points we're going to talk about reigning in life as kings. That's the kingdom mindset. As children of God, we are called to reign in this life. It has been quite a challenge for some. I don't know about you. But even Thursday, I walked into the pastor's office and I said, I'm not teaching. He's like, what do you mean you're not teaching? I said, I can't. I'm failing. All right? Because there's just, there's, there's a little bit of issues. Wednesday night, y'all, if you did not listen to pastor's messages past Wednesday, it was one of the best messages in almost 22 years of being under his tutelage and his mentoring. It was. It was beautiful. I left here feeling I was cut like cut the the and that's what the word does it cuts you you know my daughter she saw me just have a complete I said I have failed the Lord but that morning God was so gracious he just showed me that Wednesday morning how much he has loved me from before I was ever born until today and all of that condemnation that was coming on me because we miss it I miss it I'm human I miss it pastor said it takes two to argue well I was one of the factor and I said Lord I have brought strife into my home what have I done? So under the weight of, of condemnation, it fell off because God had already reminded Mira of how much he loves Mira. And then conviction came. And that's what the word says, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts and divides. So we want the word of God to cut and whom the Lord loves. He chastens. He disciplines. So I was feeling all kinds of love. So Thursday, I, still, I was still kind of feeling iffy. I walked in there, Pastor, I can't do this. He's like, you're going to do this. I'm doing this. We're doing this. So I'm, I'm talking to you right out of my life, okay, guys? Right out of Mira's life. I'm very transparent. If, you're, if you know me and if you're, if you're called a friend, you would see that I'm very transparent about where I'm at in life. Um, but as God's children, I'm going to choose to do what the Bible says, and I'm going to reign in this life, right? Just like David, you know, he had to go through all of that, and in his moment of despair, he had to remind himself, this is God, and I'm going to keep my gaze on God. This is God. All right, so Adam gave up what God had freely given to Adam. Adam gave up our inheritance as his offspring. He gave up walking in the protection, and he gave up walking in the continuous presence of God. He gave up dominion over the earth. The earth yielded to Adam, the scripture says, peaceably. Now the Lord says because of the curse, he would have to, to toil and labor and work hard. See, the earth, when God created it, it just did what it was supposed to do before the enemy came in and tempted, right? But because of the curse, you and I now have to labor. So it's kind of tough sometimes to reign you all, but it's all right. We, we know the end. We know the end. But from the start, God has been working his plan to bring us back to where Adam has left off. This plan is through Jesus Christ. God's first response to Satan, God cursed Satan. He didn't curse man. He blessed man. Let's get that right. 
Okay, he cursed Satan. His first response to Satan was a curse, but it also came with a promise of restoration of what Adam had lost. What Adam gave over, God says in Genesis 3, 14 through 15, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Offspring, he got, the woman's offspring will bruise your head, right? And, and tread on your head and you will lie in wait. So he's always lying in wait. He's, he's undercover, just looking for how he can get us. But that was the promise of Jesus, beloved. That was the promise of Jesus. Father already made a way in that he promised that Jesus, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through Messiah, through the man, Jesus Christ, the anointed ones, okay? A kingdom mindset is a biblical mindset. It is a mindset that leads us to walking and living out our, our, our given inheritance as a son. It's sonship. Kingdom mindset is all about sonship. Um, it is aligning my thinking, your thinking, with what the word of God has to say. And it's speaking his words into this world. God says in Isaiah 51, he said, I will put my words in your mouth. It's in the Bible, y'all, but we got to know what it says. Our greatest enemy Yours and mine, it's truly is ignorance because we don't know what we don't know, and what we don't know is what's killing us. Okay, ignorance is our greatest enemy that we will ever have. Kingdom mindset is thinking in a way that is in direct opposition to our natural response in life. It is not something that you are just going to wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to think what God thinks. No, you want to think what you want to think. For instance, you know, when someone hurts me, I want to hurt them. If they curse me, I want to curse back. If they bully me when they're driving and falling too close and then pass me without turning on their blinkers or in their, their indicators, I want to show them a finger or two. <laughs> Come on, somebody. No, it's, you know, you know you. I know me, right? But God says that when someone curses me, I am supposed to bless them. And if they use me, I'm supposed to pray for them. That's why pastor's words was beaten up on me Wednesday because I went Mira, right? But he says that when people speak evil against you, don't retaliate. Don't retaliate. Jesus stood so quiet in the face of people coming against him. Don't retaliate, right? His ways are not like our ways. He says to me, love Mira, love those who hate you. I find that God's way of thinking is just so disagreeable with my way. Tim Keller says it best. He said, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized image of yourself. All right? So point number one, our identity. We have one. We were made in the image of the almighty God. We do not receive our confidence from the clothes that we wear, the shoes that we wear, the purses that we carry. I see you guys with the Louis... Bouton, Bouton. They're expensive, y'all. I, I don't get it from the car that's sitting out in my driveway. I don't even get it from the people that's in my circle. You know, when we're young, we're thinking we want to be with everybody popular, but you know what? Them popular people are going to send you straight to hell. Okay? We don't gain our confidence from there. The scripture says that we were made to be Christ's image bearers in this earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 
verses 16 through 20. Um, I love how the Passion Translation reads this. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now, now, we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with Messiah gets a fresh start. He is created, he or she is created new. The old life is gone. A new life emerges. Look at it. All of this comes from God, who settles the relationship between us and him, right? and then called us to settle relationships with each other. we got to be rightly relating. God put the world square with himself through Jesus the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. So we've been forgiven if we've accepted Jesus. God has said, or he has given us a task of telling everyone what he is doing. And this is the part, we are his, Jesus's representatives. That's who we represent. Our identity is all based on Jesus and what he was in this world. He has called us to be. Ephesians 2.10 says that we have become his poetry. Oh my gosh, poetry. We have become God's poetry, a recreated people that will fill the destiny that he's given each of us for we are joined to Jesus. We are joined to this anointed one. Even before we were born, God has planned that we would be in Christ. He's planned our destiny in advance of you and I ever coming in here, all right? Because he's got things for you and I to do. But we must believe that this is true, and this will help us. This one thing, this first thing is identity. And, and let me go off this morning as I was praying over this, the Lord dropped something on me, and I, and, and I hadn't thought about it in, in planning this. Um, the first thing Satan attacked with Adam and Eve, well, Eve was there. She shouldn't have been listening to a stranger's voice. She just shouldn't have been there. The first thing he attacked was her identity, right? Because she said, you know, he comes to her and he says, hey, and, and this is it. We must know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because somebody can give you 99% of the truth. And if there's a point one that's left, 99.9, if there's a point one left that's a lie, you must learn, you and I must learn how to hear that lie, okay? Because that's, that, that's horrible, because we'd miss it. But he says, you know, has God really said that you can't eat of every tree? And she said, yeah, we can't eat of that one. But no, that's a lie. Because God didn't say that. God said of every tree, you could eat of it. Go look it back up, I think, in Genesis 2 or 3. Of every tree, you have permission to eat out of. But the day that you eat of this one, did God tell her not to eat of that one? What's the word there? But the day that you eat of this one, you will surely die. God didn't take anything away from Eve. Everything was there at his disposal. And here's where Satan came for her identity. He said, but you know what? If you eat of that, God knows that you wouldn't surely die. You'll be like him. Listen, y'all. In the beginning, God created man in whose image? She just, she was misplaced. Her identity was misplaced. The first thing that Satan attacked with Jesus, what was it? In Matthew 4. If you've ever read Matthew 4, what was it? His image, his identity. He said, if you be the son of God, Jesus had no advantage over you and I. He had none. He came into this world born of a woman as a man. There was zero advantage. He had no heads up, hey, this is happening. No, he made a choice. Because if God could, could bypass what he set up in natural motion, God would be walking this earth and fixing things right now. 
He sent Jesus as a man, as you and I, to come in here. And the first thing that Satan tries to attack was Jesus's identity. If thou be the son of man, well, Jesus knew he was. He didn't even answer that. We must know who we are because the enemy's coming for your identity. This is not a day and a time for you not to know who you are. Point number two, our heritage. We have one. In life, we inherit certain things from our families, and that form our belief system. It forms our lifestyle. It, it forms the things that you and I value. The families that we are raised with can have a huge impact on how we live our future lives. We have certain traits that some might say um, you inherited that from your father or you've got that honest. You know, it's something that you just, you remind someone else of mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles. You got the point with that. Um, but these things, there are some things that are not inherently good that is part of our family and part of what we inherit. You know, there are some things that um, will steal the, the plan that God has for us from one generation to the next. Things like alcoholism, listen, a poverty mentality, don't have that. You are God's children in this earth. And we're going to talk about some of these things. Do not have that. Um, so alcoholism, um, pornography, abusive behaviors. You know, you think about negative things that can affect a generation from one generation to the next. And if you don't grab a hold of that as a child of God and say, I've got a new inheritance, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We, we can't get past it. The dictionary defines the word heritage as something that comes to or belongs to a person by means of inheritance, right? Um, an inherited lot or a portion, something reserved for someone, you die, I have my will, you get something, okay? That, that's like what we inherit. And then there's those things that are not like a physical inheritance, but, but deeper than that, your personality, your style, values is something that we do inherit. And if they're bad, y'all, we got to work on changing that. Um, all right? So Ephesians 1, here's our inheritance, y'all. Ephesians 1, um, verses 11 through 12, and I'll just read some of it. Verse 11, in him, we were made God's in, or his heritage portion, and we obtained an inheritance from God. For he had, for we had been foreordained, foreordained, chosen and appointed beforehand in accordance with his promise. We have received, beloved, an inheritance from the Lord. In my office, if you go in there, it says Genesis 15, 1, this is a promise that God has made to me. My name is there. You know, my, my friend Maddie made it for me. She said, he says, fear not, Mira, for I am your exceedingly great reward. God's my inheritance. He is our inheritance. You know, Galatians 4, the message paraphrase says, but when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born of a woman, right, born under conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who had been kidnapped by the law. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. When we come into Jesus, we get to experience this. And the last part of verse seven says, and if you are a child, you're also an heir and complete. And you have with, with that, you know, um, sonship with, with being a co-heir with Christ, we have access to all that Jesus has access to all of it. We just don't know. And we're going to find out a little bit about it. So through the birth of Christ, remember Jesus didn't have an upper hand. He came in just like you and I into this world. He had to fight like a man. Jesus showed us how to do it, y'all. We have that same fight on the inside of us. This is our inheritance. Through his birth, through us placing our faith in him with the born-again experience, we have this godly inheritance. You see, the world would lie to us. They propagate fear every time we open up our ears to, to I'm with Pastor with the news. Turn the dad on TV off. 
It, it would lie to us. You know, right now, one of the biggest challenges in the world is population. You know why? Because of emissions. They said the more kids that we have, that the planet is just going to suffer from, from bad atmosphere pressure. So, world, so countries like China, Iran is one of them. I think there's about 12 nations that's actually looking, and right now in the U.S. too, penalizing, like taxing you more for each child that you have. Has not God said in the very beginning, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth? Where in the Bible does it say that the world is going to run out of the resources that we need? Has it said that? Has God said to you, be worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow because there won't be enough? The manna was a daily portion. Did he say that we're supposed to worry about that? God doesn't have a, he had a plan and people are still being born. But you know, if you go back to the book of Exodus, Pharaoh was trying to kill the Israelites because he was fearful of them. He said, lest they multiply and destroy us. Satan's plan for people, lest they multiply those Christians, lest they multiply and bring heaven on earth. Come on, y'all, all all right? Multiplication is God's idea. We've got an inheritance. And let God be true and every man a liar, okay? So we got to know what God says. So living with a kingdom mindset starts with us knowing who we are and where we come from. What is our inheritance? Point three, our purpose in life. We have one. You have one. I have one. God wants heaven established here on this earth. When he made Adam, he commanded Adam, again, be fruitful, Adam, multiply. He gave him authority over this earth. His plan is for you and I to walk in wisdom and discover our purpose. And that's our mission statement here at Victory Church. That's our vision. We want everybody to become all that God's created them to be because there's great plan and purpose. Proverbs 3 you know, in the Passion Translation, my child, never drift or off course from these two goals in life. See, the scripture answers everything in life. Right there in Proverbs, it says you have two goals in life. Pursue wisdom and find out your purpose. It's in the Bible. I didn't say that. It sounds real good, but it's in the Bible. All right? Don't ever forget that when you pursue wisdom and when you know your purpose, it will empower you. In case you don't know what that means, it will strengthen you. It will give you the nerve to step up against every lion, bear, every Goliath that you will ever face. Okay? And it says, for they strengthen you from the inside out. They inspire you to do what's right. You will be energized and you will be refreshed by the healing that they bring. They will give you living hope to guide you and not one of life's tests, not How many, not one of the tests that you face in this life will cause you, beloved, to stumble. Why are we stumbling? Why are we stumbling? You catch that? Why do we stumble? Because we don't know how to walk in wisdom and we don't know that we have a purpose. It's in the Bible. We must know this. You know, think about it like this, a car. I didn't have to get in my car before GM figured out I'm a GM girl. I know you Ford people in here. It's okay. Elijah, my son, has an acronym for Ford. Found on the road dead. So it's okay. But I'm a Chevy girl, and it's all right. And over your Fords, we pray that they won't shut down. All right. Um, So let me get back on track. They didn't have, Chevy didn't have to figure out that when Mira was going to go purchase that car, that she needed a door in the car. She needed a steering wheel. She, she needed a windshield. She needed seats in the car. They didn't have to figure that out. When that car was made, it was made with purpose. They already knew that a seat would be ne- needed, windshield wipers, indicators. They knew all of that. You know, years ago, before this, this happened this year, um, we were at a restaurant. 
And I couldn't read that size 8 font. And somebody pulled out their phone. They said, Mira, check this out. And they magnify it, the font. They, I didn't know that my phone had a magnifier. I didn't know that it was capable of doing that. You see, the thing is, with every great creation, comes, it comes a book, like a manual. Your car has an owner's manual. My iPad, yes, way. My iPad has a manual. My iPhone has a manual. It might be digital, but it's there. So when I want to know something, the information is right here. But half the, cha- half the times, we don't know the purpose of why this was made the way that it was made. I, I don't know half of the things my phone could do. Pro- I promise you, I only access what I need. But let me tell you, that word, I'm in that every day because I need everything that that word has to tell me. Okay, so do we really think that God has placed you and I, all the 7 billion people in this world, do you really think that God is allowing people to be born with no idea of what they're going to accomplish in this life? Do you think that there's not a reason that every person is born? There's a reason. God said before anything was made, he formed us. Jeremiah 1 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, I knew and I approved of you as my chosen instrument. Okay, the word form here is the same word that God used in Genesis 2, 7 when he said, you know, that God formed Adam. The word form comes from his deepest thoughts, his deepest heart's desire over creating Adam, right? He said that, that I've separated you from your womb to be a chosen instrument, a vessel used by me, okay? Um, the word new in, in Jeremiah 1.5, it indicates more than just having a head knowledge of what I'm doing. It's saying that God had a personal, intimate knowledge and knowing of Jeremiah. Millie, God has a personal, intimate knowledge of who you are, sweetheart. He does. Zach, Tamika, Becca, God has a personal, intimate knowledge of who you all are. He didn't make you just to arrive. What would be the point of that? When that potter sat there behind that wheel, do you think he had, well, let me see what I can make with this clay today? No. The Bible says God knows every hair on our head. I mean, come on, y'all. I have purpose. We got we to gotta get busy. Galatians 1.15 says, and when he who had set me apart before I was born, that was Paul, He said, when God, who set me apart before I was born, Paul was saying, God had a plan for me before I was born. God took what was invisible and he placed it in us with great purpose. We must find what this purpose is, remember, and walk so we don't stumble over not one issue in this life. The world is stumbling. That's why our churches are not filled. It's stumbling. We know, because I'm telling you, our ways are so different. When somebody does something to us, we want to retaliate. But we can't. We got to constantly live with eternity written on our hearts. You know, a great book to read is Driven by Eternity by John Bevere. Life-changing. Life-changing. We've got to look at this life and say, we're a kingdom people, and we got to do it different. Remember, Jesus didn't have an upper hand on you. He didn't. He came in with every temptation that we face. But he was without sin because he had a heart that wanted to hear the voice of God. As it is written, when Satan came, it is written. For 30 years, he grounded himself. And those three years that he lived, he turned the world upside down. When he came out in ministry, for 30 years, he studied the word of God. 12 years old, he's sitting in the temple. Who is this kid? God's son. 
For 30 years, he put his heart. Joseph was 17. That prince that God made for all those years, for 17 years, that kid went into Egypt with something that was strong on the inside of him. What was it? He knew his purpose. What you had intended to destroy me, God used it to bless you today. Who are you blessing, right? So we've got our little photo albums, and we keep adding our memories. But beloved, God has the end picture of my photo album and yours. You have great purpose. If you don't know how to do that, allow us to come alongside you and help you to do that. When you find your people, Victory Church, hear me well. If, if this is your home and you have found your people, you have found your purpose. And if you ha- don't have a purpose in here, something's out of place. All right? Let us try to help you find that. So our potential, point four, we have potential. We are fully loaded with everything that we need to reign in this life. I was finished before I was ever started. If we go back to beginning, God made Adam and he said, go out there, Adam, name all the animals. Did God tell Adam in the scriptures how to do that? Couldn't God have named all the animals? He made it. Who had the responsibility to do it and the know-how to do it? Adam. Everything that you need in life, it's already inside of you, okay? God told Adam, go do it, you see, because you and I, we have potential that's been untapped. We are each like a production center on the inside. In fact, the word of God says we have an entire kingdom that God has placed in us when we become born again. Luke 17 um, in verse 21, the kingdom is not discovered in one place or the other. The disciples were asking him and the Pharisees, they were saying, hey, how do we know that the kingdom of heaven's here? What, what are we looking for? Jesus said, it doesn't come by signs and wonders. It's already expanding on the inside of some of you because you see some in those crowds, the three David was talking about this morning in our dream team huddle, the three, the 70, the 120, they were beginning to open their ears and even some of the bystanders, the observers were walking and listening to what the apostles were doing. You see, because if we watch and we observe, we too can become a part of this expanding. It's ever expanding, right? If you read God's word, doesn't it say something different almost every time you go to it? It's living, it's breathing, it's expanding on the inside of us. Okay, so we must enlarge our vision to see that we have the ability to bring something from the invisible realm How did Jesus teach us how to pray? Father, let your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We have something that we can tap into and bring heaven here on earth. We've got to have it, right? We we know that we have this invisible kingdom all around us, but we just want to know how to do this. So to do this, we must change our perspective. We must look at this life with the problems and challenges that we face from a spiritual perspective. To do this, we have to know what God desires for us. We must know his desire. We must know his desires and what he wants to accomplish in this world and be willing to take it by force. Matthew eleven twelve it says in the latter part of that verse, verse 12 says, and the violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion, right? They're working something out, these violent men. And the violent men, the word there is in Greek is biastis. And it says to positively assert or positive assertiveness, use of a believer, you and I, living in faith. You and I must live in faith. And this is the part, God's inworked persuasions are living in us, guiding us, empowering us, and and causing us to act forcefully, fired up by God to act 
by his revelation, okay? And it's used only once in this verse. God wants us to know that we have to fight to bring heaven here on earth. It just doesn't happen by me just getting up in the morning. It just doesn't have to. It's an active thing, all right? So sonship is not just about making it into heaven and having a touch of Jesus here and there in my life. Sonship means ownership. Kingdom business, Victory Church, hear me well. Kingdom business is a family-run business. Everybody's invited to the table. Everybody has a part to do with it. Um, God has made us co-heirs with Christ. We have the ability to provide creative solutions and stability to this world. This world is a hot mess right now. It's a hot mess because the ones that don't have Jesus, they don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them operating on the inside of them. Remember that violent man, you've got to think it's an inward working of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. When your bosses, when your children, when your friends come to you, here's a situation in life, you've got wisdom because God brought them in front of you. He's brought the problem in front of you. Okay, I don't run around, oh my gosh, what I'm gonna do, what am I gonna do if Isaiah, Hannah, Lee, and Elijah do something just out of whack? I don't run to every Tom, Dick, and Harry and say, hey, what, what would you do? I don't do that. My immediate response is saying, God, here is my issue. What do I do with it? And when I do go to someone, here's what I need you to be in agreement with me for. I go to a trusted source that I could say, hey, there's a struggle here. I need agreement from heaven. I need somebody who loves this kid just as much as I do to say, God, we got a challenge here and we need some heaven showing up on here. Okay, but I got to do, the thing is I'm doing something. Does that make sense? All right, so sonship is all about exercising full potential. So we've got, we want to focus on our identity. We want to focus on heritage, our inheritance. What else? On our purpose. We want to tap into our potential. And now we're going to talk about the direction. We must have a response. So there are three types of people in this world. We got the ones who watch everything happen, the ones who are like, I don't know what happened, and the ones who make things happen. All right, we've got passive people, inactive people, proactive people. Which one are we? Every success in life is as a result of someone making a decision to move forward and take possession, take ownership. Jesus saw that there was a need and he headed into the direction of the need. He responded to Adam's failure. Adam's failure was um, not being able to possess what God made him to possess. Jesus knew that Adam's identity was misplaced. He knew that Adam forfeited his inheritance. He knew that Adam lost sight of his purpose. Go multiply Phil, because Adam was now focused on, oh crap, what do I do now? I'm out of my, my pristine garden that yielded peaceably. What do I do now? Adam lost sight of who he was, what he possessed, what he was born for. He lost sight of the potential inside of him. Now trouble came. His first two sons, fighting like hell, fighting, one killing the other. You see, because they too, but let me say this, your potential and your purpose is not for you. Look at the person beside you, say, my potential and my purpose is to fulfill something in you. Okay, Cain looked at Abel and he became jealous instead of looking and say, hey, Abel, how'd you do that? How'd you please the father? Okay. Abel had purpose. Cain missed it. We must not look at each other and think the minute that you start, I'm talking to you this morning, and if, if there's a part in you that resists what I'm saying, you're going to miss out on a blessing. 
if I resist what you're saying, I'm going to miss out on the blessing. Okay, I was born, remember, I was born to fill a need. Was that need in myself? Then God didn't need me. But if he made me to fulfill a need in this world, it's because you needed something that I have. And if he made you, Leah, he made you to fulfill some need that I may have. Right? That's it. We were made for each other. Two greatest commandments, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And therein fulfilling all of the law, first five books in the Bible, and everything that came after all the prophets. These two commandments hangs on all of that. These two, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Are we loving right? Okay? Because this is the direction that the church must run in now to fulfill its call. Okay, so Jesus saw that there was a disconnect between his father and father's greatest creation. And Jesus said, I'll go. I'll go. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5. And I'll just read some of this. Who through Jesus Christ, okay, God came, but through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received you and I into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and by deed, I'm not just loving you in my word. What am I doing for you? By word and deed, we might aim to bring others, the rest of Father's precious children, into harmony with him. I was not born just to hit the stairs of heaven. That is not my purpose. I have missed it if all I think is that I'm going to arrive. Ta-da! I'm here. That is not it. Philippians 3 is perhaps, and it gets on my nerves when I hear it, but a lot of people think Philippians 3, when Paul was talking about forgetting the things that are behind me, listen, I was there, and then the Lord shed light because I was like, hey, I'm missing something with this. Paul wasn't saying that I'm forgetting everything bad that's happened. Paul was talking about some of the greatest things in his life that he's ever experienced. It was his best. He said, you know what? My best is still not better than the rest. It wasn't. He said, I'm going to forget all those best things and I'm going to move forward to better. Okay, so if we think by some grand reason that we've just quit living and we have just done our due in life, you're wrong. It's wrong thinking because the Bible says there's two judgment seats. There's one, the great white throne. I'm so off my notes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So off the notes. The great white white throne judgment. Try saying that with a West Indian accent. Um, that's there. Yes, it's trying to come and I'm trying to sound like my mama. Um, the great white throne, THs are hard for me to do. Um, judgment. And this is for all unsaved people. And that's when their sins, not our God. Sins condemn us to hell. God condemns no one to hell. Okay, sin. Their sins will judge them. Their works, their bad works, they're not acknowledging that Jesus was the better way. That's the great white throne. And then there's a judgment for believers. Did you know that we still have to stand before a judgment seat? If that was preached more in the body of Christ, let me tell you, we would be some busy bees. We would be. We would just be happening for Jesus because that is the, the bema seat of God, the seat of reward. And God says that the things that we build on, some of us, are building on on gold, silver, and precious metals. And some of us, like, you know, like before Wednesday, before I heard that word, wood, hay, and stubble. And it grieved me because I thought about that seed. I said, God, when I stand there, because I did that as saved, some things are going to burn up at your feet. But please, God, let it be more gold, silver, and precious metals 
saying. I got to head in the right direction, regardless of how painful it is. I must head there. Go with me. See, if we do nothing with this beautiful life that God has given us, we are responsible for a void that is left if we don't fulfill our call. We all have a divine appointment, and we will all appear before Jesus to give an account for that. Whether it's bad or good, he's going to talk to us about it. What will it be? So putting this all together, kingdom living is not about walking in this world defeated in life. The world is desperately awaiting for the sons and daughters of God to be manifest. Oh my gosh, if we were manifest, Jesus would already be back here, right? There's too many people that are dying and hurting, okay? Um, If there's sickness in this world, you and I are meant to be a conduit of healing. How are we doing that? Are we isolating ourselves from others and afraid to touch each other, to lay hands, holy hands, holy hands on the sick? What are we doing? We're a conduit for healing in this world. If there is lack, you know, listen, remember, two goals in life, wisdom, purpose. If there is lack in our life, if every month I've got to believe God for a miracle to pay my bills, that's not a resource problem. The earth and the fullness of it belongs to the Lord, and he gives it to whomever he will. So if I lack something, I'm stupid. I am missing wisdom. If I have to believe God every month to pay my bills, I'm either not tithing, that's a sure sign of not tithing, okay? I'm giving begrudgingly. The one word that God sealed in my heart the last of this year was the word generosity, and I told that to the staff. Generosity, find a way to give. Because the more that you hold on to it, remember, God's kingdom, if I want something, I give something. The more we hold on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill it. Because our hope is in that. When all the money in the world is gone, who's the source? What do we lose? We lose nothing. Be generous, okay? Kingdom living, um, it's not walking in strife, bitterness, anxiety, depression, and misery. It's living an ordinary life for ordinary people in an extraordinary way. It is. You wake up and, and, and you are glad and grateful to be alive. All right. It is knowing who I am and what God's given me. It is knowing that I wake up every day with a plan and purpose. I get up, I got plan and purpose. It is knowing that I have the potential to solve every problem that ever comes my way. I've got that on the inside of me. Holy Spirit is present. Um, and that if I exist, life is, life is going on and I'm here for a reason. But before all of this, there's a few things that I keep in my mind and I hope this is helpful to you. All right. I want to know what Jesus did and I want to know how he did it. I want to know what Jesus said, and I want to know how he said it. Those are the things that I think on. We have the ability to bring forth what has never existed into this earth, here on earth. Heaven is coming 15,000 miles square from there to here. God's got a plan for this earth. And you and I, out of all the people that could ever have been born, God chose you and I to be here for this time. Because you have something inside of you that I need, You both have something that this world needs. You don't stop. When you retire, you die. Okay? You die. That's what that word means. Um, We all have the ability to do something amazing. Matthew 14, 15. I love this. The disciples said, hey, it's late. The people are hungry. It's getting dark. Jesus, send them away so they can buy food. You know what Jesus said? Don't send them anywhere. Give them something to eat. The resource was in them. Don't miss that. Go back and read the story. As I close, God's original intent when he created Adam was to bless humanity. Fruitfulness means to bring forth something that's in us. 
We want to live in such a way that we bring forth the blessings of God into our world every single day. Okay, this is how we subdue and dominate the kingdom of darkness. This is how we begin to restore and pick up where where Adam left off. Jesus came and started. We get to finish the process before he comes back. This is it, guys. You and I are this last generation before the Lord returns. I know that. I know that in my spirit. Um, This is how we begin to do what we've been called to do. We want to live in such a way that our efforts are multiplied. Remember, fruitful, multiplication, multiplied. We want our efforts multiplied, that we are making disciples and convincing folks that Jesus is the only way, convincing them that I've just not added Jesus to my lips, but he is a part of my life, convincing them that God's hand is on Mira, God's hand is on Brad, God's hand is on Dina, right? We want to convince the world that God's hand is on us. Um, We want to pick it up. And God the Father wants us to experience this blessed life here. So some questions as we close. Am I living in such a way that the kingdom of God is evident in my life? How do I respond to the challenges of life? Do I believe that I have the answers already pinned on the inside of me before God ever formed me? He created a plan. He sees the last page of my photo album, and it's, it, it's filled with destiny. Do I live through the experiences of others, like my experience with that iPhone? Do I live on what someone else knows? Or do I go chase out? Am I tapping into the potential that God's placed in Mira's life? God says to us all, beloved, that he has prepared a table before us. He has. In the presence of our enemy, this world hates you and I because we're image bearers. They do. When you feel, when you're struggling, it's not that I'm struggling with Cheryl. I never struggle with Cheryl. Cheryl and I love each other. It's not that we're struggling. It's a spiritual thing. And that's what I have to keep focus on. This is a kingdom mindset. I am not fighting against the people that I love and that I know loves me. It's a spiritual thing. And I have the answers on the inside of me for it. This table that God prepares before us, he prepares it for all of us. It's not with a feast of what you and I think is feasting. Today's Super Bowl, it's not with hot wings and pizza, y'all. It's with the word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes out of father's mouth. Every word. So for you and I to walk in the kingdom authority, to do what God's called us to do, we've got to know he says it. Remember I read the verse, Isaiah 51, I have placed my words in your mouth. Speak and life change. Saying the word, beloved. 